Hey everyone, it's the Red Men Originals podcast. Um, we t- <laughs> toyed with the idea of armbands, but I really haven't been able to sort my own life out, let alone any sort of production <laughs> props ahead of uh, ahead of this one. Uh, it is me, it is Chris Page, and it's Chloe Bloxham, and it is Keo as well uh, in the building for this one. Um, yeah, we are going to obviously discuss Jürgen Klopp and his future and what happens now and how we're all feeling, but we will talk a bit about the game yesterday because, you know, life... Life goes on. Um, Does it though? Uh, well, here I here we are, Chris. You know, we're, we're, yeah, we're living in the in the in the yeah the the post clop world technically, but you know, not. Um, before we do though, yeah, I just want to draw your attention to the fact that we are on tour. We've got three dates coming up this year. Uh, Kia's going to be with us for all of them as well, which is going to be very exciting indeed. Yeah, we're in Belfast, Dublin, and we're in London as well. You can get the Belfast and Dublin tickets because the Ticketmaster.ie. Or you can get the uh, the O2 in the the O2 ones at axs.com. But just search Redmen on there and they'll, they'll pop up. But yes, very excited to be chatting the Reds. I mean, we're definitely going to have some stuff to talk about, Chris. Yeah, that's at least something. Yeah, we might have a big cry with everyone who's there. Um, it promises to be really fun. Well, it's going to be. There's, there's, a, there's a catharsism to just talking things out. So we'll have that covered. I've been saying this on a lot of videos. And we've done this in the past. Like, I remember going back to 13, 14 when we were on the title challenge. And we all, we like, we called it like a. It wasn't quite a therapy session, but it was like a support group for if you if you are flapping big time at Liverpool, being on the on the bleeding edge of football, then we'll have you covered. When it's crap, we do. It is very much a group therapy session. Um, but yeah, we're literally going out into the world, so you can come and have a chat with us, chat, watch us chat at Liverpool, and then watch Keo absolutely blow the roof off it as well. Have you got a guitar again? Yeah, I've got another one now. Let's not get into that. I've had enough bad news this week. But um, yeah, I'm ready for it. And you know what? It's it, it's as we approach. The big part of the season, and as we kick on, and although we have got some depressing news, there's four cups to win. Mm, there is and indeed. There's, um, there's a team to get behind. I totally agree with all of that. So yeah, grab your tickets for them right now. Right, the last game then. Um, Chloe, uh, I'll start with you because it was, it was interesting. You got to the ground an hour or so before I did, and you put in our little WhatsApp group about how the atmosphere around Anfield was just weird. And I was like, okay, I get that, but I didn't get it until I turned up myself. And I was trying to like, I was trying to capture it for, to try to explain to people in video that it was different. And it's very hard to say it's really quiet when it's not quiet because there's 60,000 people milling around a stadium and talking and there's cars and there's, you know, there's, there's, there's just life. The sounds of life are quite noisy. But when you compare it to what it was normal, like I compared it to a bit like when you meet up before with your mates or your family before a funeral or something and everyone's there and you're like, oh, hey. And then you remember why you're there and it had it just there was a real yeah it, there was an eerie quality I thought around Anfield yesterday yeah it was very sombre when I I went there it just it felt silent uh, I went to Hotel Anfield completely empty like it was just it was like people were just depressed to be perfectly honest uh, it felt like a, a city in mourning which is just mad to say because he's literally just a, a football manager but it felt like that I then went to the bus welcome and, and, and Aaron rang me to tell me that he, he was nearly there and he had to question if I was already inside the ground because it was that silent and I was like now I'm at the bus welcome and it just everyone you're just looking at each other and you're just going what happens now and it's it, it was that it was just the, the feeling of like yeah you would your mates and yeah this is a routine and usually you're well up for it but it was just it was just another realisation of 
this is what it's going to be like now uh, without him. And, and yeah, it was it was sad to say the least, but thankfully it got better as the game went on. Uh, the Reds did help us out. Were you kicking, Kiel? Yeah, I was about to follow on from that. It was, at first it was a little bit, um, a little bit sombre, a little bit, a little bit quiet, but as I sort of got through the set, we realised the same before, we've got a cup to win and I was trying to, remind people at that but yeah it was definitely a little bit quieter the first yesterday not just in in the sand and either I say all around Anfield there was as, I've, I've, I've heard it a few times this week but it, people are comparing it to a family member time. Yeah. <laughs> and it is it is what it that sort of move was like it was just sort of that's like a too happy no matter what happens here yeah. you know what I mean because today is like a bit of a day of morning <laughs> <laughs> yeah no one but I think there's a bit of that no one wants to be seen to be like skipping to Anfield in a boss mood it reminds me of uh, randomly of Gone Girl and Ben Affleck's character in that one his, 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 his wife's missing and he, he poses for a photo and he automatically goes and smiles for the photos. So there's this picture of him supposedly this morning husband with a big shit-eating smile on his face. And there is always a bit of that. No one really knows how to conduct themselves because I think I sort of put a tweet out. It really annoyed me watching the world get on with being in the world on Friday afternoon and Saturday. All these normal people just doing the shopping and driving as though the world hadn't absolutely turned on its head. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it, this is almost unique, I think, in our lifetimes of following... Liverpool of how do you, how you're meant to conduct yourself in these situations. The only way I can compare it to is when my granddad moved in with me when I knew he was dying. And you think to yourself, and that's, you know, I made peace with this, it was 20 odd years ago, so I can talk freely about it and stuff. But like, you know, you're getting to spend time with them and you should enjoy that, but you can't help but think this is actually the, this could be the last time that I'm going to spend with you and stuff like that. And you focus on the wrong things almost, yeah. don't you? And it is mad. Like I went to, I went away this weekend, took the wife and kids to, to York for a weekend away from my wife's birthday. And it was that meme where, you know, where the, the woman's lying in bed and the fella's turned over the other side and like, what's wrong with you type of thing. And it's just like, oh, everything's just going on. And I'm just there thinking about Jürgen Klopp the whole weekend pretty much and it's just like how do you you can't really move on can you you know what I mean it's like he's meant so much to us for so long and he's taken us to a place that I think it's probably fair to say a lot of us probably thought we weren't going to get back to Um, you know we, we were we were getting close and stuff but he's he's got us over that finishing line and that that's a big difference and you know it does make I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Life is full of what-ifs, some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. 
make you wonder whether 80% of Jürgen Klopp is still the best man for the job. That's the thing that I can't get out of my head yeah. at the moment. You're saying it was a flat rendition of Happy Birthday for you. It was a, the weekend. It, it, let's just say the girls did it. Yeah. Right, okay. Well, look, we'll, we'll, we'll swing back around to the Klopp stuff because, yeah, I want to make sure it gets its own proper time and place, but we, we will cover the match before we, uh, we get to that. Um, Chris... First and foremost, I mean, James McConnell didn't expect to start talking about the match, you know, on, on a podcast, talking about James McConnell. I'd, I, he felt what, like one of those lads who you see in pre-season and then in some regards you never never see again, you know, and that was no no slight on him as, in his in ability or whatever. But you, you always have lads like that in, in pre-season games and most of the ones we've seen so far have been really good. Odds are someone was going was, was gonna to be that, take that role, but... I thought he was really, he was, really he was brilliant. Good. Like, obviously, the ball for for Kurt Jones is superb. The fact that he's taken it on his left foot, mm. the fact that he's seen Kurt at the back stick and, and knows where the space is to but, uh, pop the ball in. But he's just brilliant across the board, wasn't he? He was absolutely everywhere. You know, those little sorts of niggly fouls were excellent. So, you know, an experienced DM puts those types types of fouls in. I thought he was on the edge of being a little bit over the top yeah. but it's understandable totally to to play a game like that at Anfield where Referee, you want to try well, he did yeah he did yeah he really did so I just thought he was outstanding and when you look at the crop of the young players that we've got this might be the best crop we've ever had coming through because you know I think when you when you look at you know slightly earlier of course but Harvey Elliott Kurt Jones Jarrell Kwanzaa Stefan Bacetic, um you got Bradley. Bradley and you got McConnell and and when you look at all of them and say that's like half a team half a team of academy players you could quite easily field and you know at some stage you do think to yourself well how many is too many in the same side well I don't know the answer to that question because every time he puts one in he just seems to be able to do it I'm a huge fan here of what we've done is we've decided that there's a perfect body type and look and hairstyle and we've just basically cloned a bunch of these like <laughs> lads between the age of 17 and 20 they're all about six foot tall they've all got the same they're just the same like McConnell Bradley um Clark. Clark. <laughs> Go on, get, I think Bobby Clark's dad is here just to make sure that he stands out. Stands well, he just looks like But yeah, I'm a big, I'm a big fan of this. But yeah, it's another, another example of Liverpool reaping the benefits because it's the trust the cops put in them. Um, but also, yeah, you know, the, the, these players are, have been brought through to play a style of football. This is the, the almost like the first pure generation that we're seeing now. Who've, who've spent their entire time at the Liverpool Academy, pretty much under the Jurgen Klopp era. It's a good point, that. I've not thought about it like that. And to follow on from Chris's point, where's the line? Well, the line is where how you're playing, isn't it? And yesterday, when the when the subs came on. It was because they needed a runner, not because the game needed it. We we were absolutely fine. It's with the team that played yesterday, so it's it's exciting, isn't it? It is exciting, in particular the right back for me, Connor Bradley. I want to like, I want to touch on him because I think he's fantastic, like really, really good. Is he nineteen? Yeah. Is he nineteen years old? I think so. Um, like he looks, he's not putting a foot wrong, and he's not doing too much. There's a t- tendency for when you come into a side at a young age and you have a good start to a match play a few passes, make a few tackles, start spreading it, start trying to do Hollywood stuff. And he's got it in him, but he'll only do it when it's on. And mm-hmm. it's dead sensible and it's dead calculated. 
I'm answering big time. Well, he gets Bradley gets two assists. He, he should have a third. Cody Gakpo yeah. absolutely fluffs his lines in yeah. front of goal, and that's an amazing, amazing assist from Bradley in the build-up to that as well. Um, yeah, I mean, well, let's let's continue with it, Chris. Yeah, Connor Bradley, we're here again. It's another week. It's another brilliant Connor Bradley performance. You don't know how high his ceiling is, really. I don't mm. think do you. You watch him each game, and you think he just takes it up another notch. And you know, just to continue on what what Keo was saying for me, uh, like. I look at him and I think, you know, if you were playing against him, he'd just be a bastard to play against. Because that lad must have thought, I'm going to pin him back. I'm going to make sure that he can't get forwards. <laughs> the, the winger was doubling up with the, the the left back all game. And he never really got an opportunity to go the other way. And, you know, his position so high, but he's rapid. Like, he is absolutely yes. rapid. His yeah. recovery pace is unbelievable. He's got the engine to do it for a full 90 minutes. He's just up and down. Bit of a Swiss army knife in that he can play right wing towards the end of the game or, you know, right back or he can go into the middle if you need him to go into the middle. He just seems to make good decisions all the time. And for a young player, you do not expect to see that at all. Is that your agent reminding you to plug the uh, the LP? <laughs> <laughs> I'll not even look in case it's more Liverpool news. Chloe, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, again, all of them. McConnell, I thought Chris's, Chris's point on him was great, but I loved the, the tactical filing from him. I loved the fact that he was happy to put a slide in if you're going to win Liverpool fans over. It's, it's a bit of a diet art. And then, yeah, Conor Bradley, it's the front foot stuff there. He's got the ability to get back and do the dirty work, but his the way that he, he just jumps on stuff he's not afraid to go and commit because he knows he trusts his pace which means that he'll go and press on the front foot because he, he he believes that he'll get to the ball first yeah he does he's he's proven to be quite uh, the right back isn't he and and we talk about modern day fullbacks Trent reinvented exactly what that is um, and for you know Conor Bradley to be able to look up to Trent and work alongside him you know Trent being that idol for him to, to go and follow the, the footsteps you you know, you've got Curtis Jones, like Harvey Elliott, you, you, you look at Trent, they're all examples of what these younger lads can now do. And that is vitally important because there's a path there for them to follow and they know that they could follow it under Klopp because Klopp would have gave them the chances and they did. Um, and yeah, Conor, Conor Bradley is first assist, by the way. He does some brilliant defensive work, a lovely one too with yeah. Diego Jota and then basically puts it on a plate with Darwin Nunes. Darwin Nunes' first touch is really good. Mm -hmm. But still, he, you know, that, that should be an assist because Darwin Nunes has to put it in the back of the net and he does. Uh, Cody Gakpo has let him down because he should have a hat-trick of assists. What He's done unbelievable for that one even the one back post the way he's found Ryan Gravenberch who couldn't put a ball in the back of the net it seems to be getting cleared off the line here there and everywhere for him it eventually gets his goal and yet Connor Bradley is, is proving that defensively he's strong enough and you don't you don't look at him and think you know he can body someone and take the ball but he can't you're not getting past him he's using his strength and he's turning on you the other way his first thought is always forward he's always into step into in stepping and winning the ball uh, and like we mentioned McConnell there he's all mentioned you know how, how good he, he, he did uh, defensively with the, the fouls and everything what I loved was his progressive passing mm. like it was like I at sometimes on the pitch you know there'll be a, a, an established player who won't try and do those those passes but McConnell wasn't afraid at all to lose the ball and the spaces that he was finding Diogo Jota and Darwin Nunes in and one ball was breaking the line I thought to myself 
I was that lad just came in yeah. and has all the confidence to think I'm going to thread this ball right there I'm going to give it to you you're going to have to you know control it well and if you lose it so what I'm, I'll, I'll win he's it got a bit then. of the Thiago pass it to him in, in terms of like he'll look one way and kind of pass the, the other way where you sort of not expecting it I think that's the one of the things that I love about Thiago isn't it but McConnell did that two or three times in the first half where the easy balls there a young player normally plays the easy ball and he just goes through the lines boom there was one right on the right hand corner of the penalty area in the first half and it's funny because from my angle I was amazed that he even considered it when you watch it back on the telly it's still very clever but it's a, it's just a pass it's a kind of pass that you see on FIFA but when you're in the ground you you're, you marvel at it a little bit more when you see the sort of angles behind it and it was nothing it was just he he he, should, he had a really easy ball just backwards sideways play himself out of trouble but he didn't he spun back on it I think he played a little ball into Jota's feet gets it back and then plays it square across the 18 yard box and it's not a pivotal moment in the match but it's a young lad making his full debut in a you know in, in a game that was a pretty competitive game by that point as well yeah I, I, I really like to see that I want to move things on um, and I'll, I'll come to you Keo because Andy Robertson's return and um, in a game that was a bit up and down and actually a little bit flat really obviously the Aiken Cop thing looming large over everything one of the biggest moments was actually the cheer for Andy Robertson coming back on the pitch I it's mad I've not thought about him which is I think is the best compliment to how Liverpool have handled themselves without Robertson but I, I got a real sense of like I don't know, I can't even, I'd love to bottle the feeling that I felt seeing Andy Robertson run back on the pitch. It was like, it was assuredness. It was like, oh God, we've got, it's Andy, you know, this is not just like a random player. Come back, Sabozlai came back, but like, he's not a proper Liverpool player yet, is he? Whereas Robertson is, he's just tried and tested. We love him to bits. You know what he's going to do for you. Yeah, I got a, a great sense of comfort and happiness seeing Robbo back. I think part of it's because he's a winner. And we know what we're on for. I keep touching on this, the four cups thing, but part of what's driving us and driving our energy at the minute is the, is the fact that we want to win titles. So when he comes back on, I say it's it's reassuring because we didn't really need him and we haven't really struggled too much without him because Joe Gomez has been so good and when Simic has played, he was fantastic. So it's a, it's almost like, wow, we've got real depth here. Yeah. And I, to say it again, the players that come on yesterday didn't need to come on. It was, it was for, so they get their legs and they start getting minutes. So to have players like that coming back, it's massive. And it was the biggest cheer of the day, wasn't it? Yeah, genuinely. It feels cause a bit like cheating. Like, you know, we've, we've, there was a time when we looked at our bench in the last couple of weeks and we were all oh, right, there's two lads on there. You can come on and make a difference. That's what we've got left. How are we going to handle this? And you, you rewind back to, well, Robertson getting injured and how terrified we were of Simicas having to play a, a run of games. Of course, at that point, we had no idea Joe Gomez was the best left-back in the world. Um, then losing Salah and, uh, and Endo to AFCON and Asia, Asia Cup, of course. We had all these other things looming. Then we had an injury crisis land upon us as well. And then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, freaking hell, all these lads are coming back. And we're going to have some really interesting conversations around the fullback areas as well now because, you know, you got Robertson back and obviously Trent's back, of course. But like, we've been talking Bradley up now for, th- for three weeks who'd have, th- who'd have thought a few weeks ago Conor Bradley might be the Salah replacement but that's kind of like you know uh, you know Cobby was talking before about you know Conor Bradley being able to sit behind Trent and see him I actually liken him more to Robertson I just think he's exactly the same as Robertson in, in terms of who they are and you know I think Liverpool have sort of shifted tactically over maybe the last two or three games where 
both fullbacks are getting forwards into the sort of second level. You're leaving the two centre halves. You got your DM. You got your two fullbacks. Obviously, Bradley a little bit higher. Gomez a little bit more inside. And I actually fancy us to shift it the other way when Trent and Robbo come back. Mm-hmm. I think Trent goes more into the middle, and the left back gets a little bit higher up the pitch. And I think you could see that when Robbo came on and just played it completely differently to how Joe Gomez did. But you know, there's, there's horses for courses again with this squad, isn't there? And you know, you, you look at how you know people always say that the iron sharpens iron, and in terms of football matches, we're a better squad now for having those injuries to Robertson and Trent Alexander-Arnold <laughs> and everyone else because we've got to see Conor Bradley we've got to see Joe Gomez put a run in at left back Tim McCaster before him and you know obviously uh, McConnell now coming through and stuff so our squad is better for the injuries which is a weird thing no, to no, say it's not that's not what's meant to happen what's meant to happen is we're meant to be clinging on for dear life on our absolute arse and then these players come back in and then what happens is all the ones who've been running to the ground are then fucked for the rest of the season and then you've got all the ones coming back in who've been injured and they've got all the responsibility on the shoulders and then we like struggle through whereas Chloe we've literally gotten through it with all those players I've gotten better. Yeah, gotten better at football whilst also went top going top of the Premier League getting to the final of the League Cup and getting into the fifth round of the FA Cup it's insane as we go back to my original point it feels like cheating we've just brought Robertson, Trent and Sabozlai back into this friggin' Thiago was in training pitches this week Chloe mm-hmm. for God's sake like it just yeah it, it feels it feels like the stars are aligning for us yeah it does and, and I mean I don't want to say it does because who knows what will happen but these these type moments now have, have created opportunities as well for those. And look, Bradley knows that as soon as Trent is back fully fit and can play a full 90, it's likely that he, he'll come back into the start. But we can't run these players into the ground. Uh, you've seen Trent already pick up little niggles here and there when he's been asked to go and go again. So we know that for, for now, even if Bradley does come in, getting a 20 minute here or there is perfectly fine for him. It's more experience uh, and it's great to see the youngsters come in, but it's also unbelievable to see the, the unity because when those, when McConnell went off, every single player, uh, Cody Gakpo, all of them went round and was like, well in lot. Yeah. Like they were, and, and and that's the recogni- recognition of like being and playing well. But also, these are the lads that they get to see in training. And we've heard about Darwin Nunes, who's been one of the biggest supporters, the young lads coming through. And you can see it throughout the squad. Everyone just wants everyone to do well. Yeah. Um, and if you take your opportunity, fair play, because that just means that there's healthy competition there for everyone in the team. And that strides you on. That makes you better. That elevates your game. And we need every single part of this squad if we want to even try and attempt to go for all of the four competitions that we're in yeah it's just it's a stupid moment it was Curtis coming off and being the happiest man on the pitch to be replaced by Dominic Saboz like you know what I mean like I just you know look going like toe to toe with him and like laughing and like oh go on lads go on you go get get on the pitch there's party that goes like what's he What's he doing? That's not meant to be what it's like, but they, they do. They're, they're bought in to each other in a huge way. Love it, love it. Um, just quickly, their second goal, absolute banger. I like. <laughs> I, I do like here one of those rare moments where you get to like applaud do, uh, something the other team does. It's a very Liverpool thing. Doesn't happen very often. Yeah. Um, but I mean, and, and it's a bit, I'm not sure we'd have done it if it was a club we had genuine antipathy towards, but... Um, yeah, if you're gonna if you're gonna score a goal past Alison Becker, that's pretty much what it's gonna have to look yeah, like. Yeah, make sure 
we don't lose the game. <laughs> Make sure we got everything goes right, but then we can then we yeah, it was a great finish. Like to be honest with you, yeah, I've looked watched it back and I think if you do that ten times to Allison, he'll probably save seven of them, eight yeah. of them, do you know what I mean? But on that day. He hit it pretty well, didn't he? Um I'll just stick with you, mate, because I thought Chloe touched upon Gavin Birch's goal before, you know, he, he had it was a brilliant save from the goalie about ten minutes or so earlier to deny him. But I think we needed that fifth goal and that sounds so privileged when I say it out loud. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, I just really needed that, uh, that that quinoa for my toast. Um, no, we, we needed that for the, for the feeling because as much as it would have been a 4-2 win and it was going to be, Liverpool were going to win that tie ultimately, they were far and away the better team. Yeah. The whole the, the Jürgen Klopp thing, it, it, it's just such, it's so prevalent, it's so at the forefront of everyone's minds and actually just having that one more moment to say we scored we scored the last goal everyone's in a good mood and then we you know we're going to sing to you there was no hint of oh well, you know like there's no there's no downer to it i think it just it helped the occasion ultimately it feels like it's clicked doesn't it when it goes clear by three goals or you put five in the back of the net i think what we're all searching for now is we want that feeling of it clicking we, we know we've, we haven't played well although we have played well we've played the best in the league but we haven't played to what we think is our full potential all season and we know the bar that Liverpool set in the past is so high so we wanted to feel like it clicks before it before it's not there to click anymore under Klopp so I think when a, when a fifth goal goes in and, you, and you, it is a great win to go with the mood of the week to finish that off then it feels a little bit better but yeah I think that's probably what it is I think we'll, we'll notice that now as the season goes on we'll, we'll, whether it's the Europa League or whether it's it's, it's a big league game we'll just we'll just we we'll want to win obviously but we want to see it click because we know we can do it yeah Gavin Burke needed it as well though didn't he yes. I think that's yeah. what it comes down to for me obviously I, I, my experience of watching the game was different to everybody else I was very much watching it on my own no Twitter no nothing trying to avoid the score because I got home just as the game was finishing and stuff so put it straight on and, and watched it through in its entirety and my, my How sort did you of manage not to pick your phone up during that by the way it was, it was a good game for a start <laughs> um, that really did help um, and I'd muted all my WhatsApp groups as soon as Chloe messaged in the morning about the atmosphere I was like I went through all of them and just went mute 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 so no problem there so I got to watch it uninterrupted and my my sort of say I was thinking to myself just before it gone in I was like everyone's leaving the field buzzing here but Gravenberg and that, that was that was what I was thinking just before he puts the ball in the back of the net because everyone else had something to hang their ass on apart from him it's just more of the same for him and, and I know that's his I think it's his third goal now for us or something but it's always felt like he's the last of the signings to really get rolling and, and I think you could see that in the frustration of his celebration almost couldn't you yeah. um, at the end of the game and stuff so and, and then that for me was just like yeah, that's what he needed now everyone walks away totally happy with everything great example of football tribalism slash double standards where I watched Anthony celebrate for Manchester United and went get off the floor you dickhead um, but then was absolutely made up for Ryan Gravenberg screaming his lungs out with Liverpool's fifth <laughs> in, in a win over a <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, kind of is what it is. Um, yeah, I made up for him, made up for him, made up for Liverpool. It was just a nice moment, Chloe, wasn't it? Because everyone was singing Klopp's song, and it was just it was ongoing. It was going to see us out of the game, and then Gravenberg scored in the middle of it. So yeah, it was just a proper. It was just a high note for the game to end on, really, and then it meant that when Klopp the game the full time whistle goes and Klopp comes out, everyone's just in 
full voice for him. Yeah, exactly. And and that's what the goal did do because, you know, we, we stop singing the song and we all start celebrating and Ryan Gravenberg doesn't have a song for Liverpool. So what do we do? Does he? Very, he doesn't have a song. Oh, I think he does have a song. I was like, <laughs> <No>. okay, right. <laughs> um, so what, what do we do? We, we go with the next best thing yeah. and, and that was Klopp. And um, it really set the tone because everyone was then bouncing everyone was still made up yet we'd have still sung it had we not scored but you just had that extra bounce you had that extra laugh with your mate and, and start bouncing to the song again um, and it went up a couple of decibels when, when Jürgen then you know comes onto the pitch at full time and gives us the heart and uh, he, he obviously didn't want to give us the fist bumps and everything but I think it was fine for that moment we knew it was against uh, his best man in uh, David over there so um, yeah it was a great to finish the game a real high note boss for Ryan Gravenberch because he could have had two or he genuinely could have had a hat-trick he had one cleared off the line in the first half and that second one which was a ridiculous save um, so yeah all you know good vibes all around and also you know what, what a way to end by by uh, basically singing Jürgen down the tunnel mm. how did you all manage to do the broken heart back to Jürgen when he did his big heart did anyone attempt to do a broken heart back <laughs> 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 Turn your back on him. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, bless him. Yeah, emotional times. The video of him like having his head down while you have walk alone was playing and, stuff and see like that's that. what I got home last oh. night. Is he? Is he? I think the club. No, he was, but no one was the big. <laughs> do not post that. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. 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 Anyway, yeah, we're going to have to talk about it. We'll take a very brief break and then when we return, we're going to talk about what the hell we do with our lives uh, and managerial seat. Um, yeah, now the clock is going to be, we know he's going to be leaving the club. Uh, more on that after this. It's January, it is 2024 and we've got an incredible legend prize draw for you this month. Yes, it is Kostas Timakas signed Liverpool's shirt. He signed it, he was very kind to sign it. He's done an incredible job for Andrew Robertson over the last few weeks, uh, name months. Uh, we can't wait to give this one away. If you want to get yourself in the hat to win that incredible prize, then you need to be a legend subscriber at redmenplus.com every single month with Without fail, we will give away something incredible. This month, as you've seen, it's the Costas Timacast shirt signed by the man himself. So you, all you need to do is get into that legend tier and you're in with a chance. Do it. Do it now. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Redmond Originals podcast. Look, we're going to be chatting Jürgen Klopp. Uh, of course we are, but just a little reminder, if you want to get involved last couple of days, chance to do this, go to redmondplus.com, use the code CLOPP and get a free month of everything we're doing over there. So we're going to be doing Bias Football podcast that immediately follows after this, talking about general football. Um, all the uh, Mikel Artes to the Barcelona rumours, which have been very quickly shot down, but doesn't mean we can't have a little chat about it uh, over on there. And of course, loads of more Jürgen Klopp fallouts. There's a good interview with Mark. Marcus Fjortov from Dan Club as well, talking about Zabi Alonso as a potential Liverpool manager. So, yeah, go and check that out. Free for the month with the code CLOP. Right. Um, I, it's funny, we've all kind of dipped into it off camera. Every one of us, how, how have we all coped with outsiders in this situation? Because I've been quite blessed by it. My timeline's been so full with Klopp 
positivity and shock and all that I haven't really seen any reactions from other people I, I might I quickly scroll past like a Gary Neville Instagram post but I, my, my sister-in-law came around on Saturday night and just said and she like just could not give less of a shit about football is not from is not from Liverpool and then he, and he said I'm really sorry about Klopp and and mercifully she's got enough about her to gauge my reaction and go I know you don't give a shit about me saying that to you and I was like good uh, I don't, yeah, I'm, uh, you don't I'm really not ready want, to talk you about You don't want it. to talk about it. I was like, no, nah, I'm not. You don't want to talk to me about it, and I don't definitely don't want to talk to you about it. So I've managed to avoid that. But yeah, my wide WhatsApp groups go absolutely crazy for days. I haven't been able to engage with it. I've knocked back like so many media requests because I just can't be asked to do more than I have to. How have you been, Chris? Um, the five stages of grieving have, have all been hit at some point. Um, you know, there's there's definitely been a lot of denial. Um, unfortunately, maybe some acceptance towards the end of it and stuff like that. And I think that's kind of how you have to you have to sort of work it through yourself, don't you? And then some someone else will say something to you and be like, "Oh yeah, fuck, can't believe that." Like it's just it's just he doesn't. The thing, the thing I can't get my head around is he doesn't look like a man who's hit the wall to me but you can never judge that can you from yeah. the outside looking he in he didn't until I saw him talk about having to do press conferences in his press conference well yeah there was that and I was like oh yeah there it is <laughs> but quite happily done six yeah, press conferences yeah. a week yeah. or whatever send it is a, send assistant there's a button for that right yeah, yeah. I mean he could, yeah I mean to be fair I think Liverpool have kind of been helping him out with that and answering all the questions before the press conference have been coming out for the last yeah. year and a half so if I can just, rotate my goalie yeah. for the league cup I can definitely rotate me, uh, me whoever does me press conference I think yeah, you know, every person wants to talk to you about it, don't they? And everyone wants to get something off their chest as well, and, and speak about it. And sure. you, you're almost like we're all going through the motions because we've all got to be there for each other as well as trying to deal with it yourself. And that's like, and and there are people who are just reacting in completely different ways. Like you know what I mean? Like there are a lot of people who just can't get their head around why this is happening at all. Yeah, Kia, how have you been? <laughs> <laughs> Not good, like. To be honest, but um, he's given us everything, yeah. so we can do what he wants, and I'm a, I, I am in that camp. Um, I do think he looks a little bit knackered. I think you can see it in his eyes a little bit. I think there's times where he's got a little bit ratty, a little bit fed up at times. That's probably a sign that we didn't see over the past couple of seasons. It's clear he probably wanted to go when he signed. Is Ula has convinced him to stay? He started the, the next two years of the project and I think uh, the comments he made to the players where he said it's your fault for getting good so quick. I think there's an element here of he couldn't leave us when we went crap. Mm. Signed a new deal and he's done two years working, six months here. He was to build a side up that was ready to get passed on that can challenge again and we're already at that point and he is sick of it and he is knackered and it's like the perfect time for him to say right this team's going to compete again it's young I've built it I can't go the distance with it and I can't rebuild it again if it, if it starts falling down so I think that's that's his decision how I feel about it like is I'm just absolutely gutted and it's probably not never going to be the same again and that's not to say that we won't win more trophies it's, it's not we've seen it in the past at Shankly and Paisley you know how, how it works but I just don't think it's going to be as fun as it Stuff in it. I mean, Chloe, how we? What's your? What was your weekend like? Because you came in here basically to have Distraught. other people around you. Yeah. 
Um, I reckon I've gone through about 30 breakdowns in the past three days. Um, and I think that's, you know, quite a low number for me um, after news like this. I've been devastated. Uh, Jürgen Klopp came into the club when I was 14. I'm now 22. For near a third of my life, Jürgen Klopp's the only manager I've ever seen um, or I know and not just that you know when Rafa Benitez left I was too young to fully understand what losing a manager like that was with Brendan Rodgers and Roy it was different because we didn't feel like we were represented by them where this is this is harder to grasp a because it felt like he was in the rebuilding process but we're about to get back to the top potentially like you could do that for us and you could keep us there again Um, and it did come you know uh, out of the blue for me it was a little bit of a shock and I think the shock was what initially you know got me Um, now a couple of days later I just came to the conclusion that there is nothing that is going to change Jürgen Klopp's mind absolutely nothing Um, he's came out and said that so I might as well just deal with it and you know cry on the last day of the season but till then make some unbelievable atmosphere when I'm inside the, the stadium and get behind the lads uh, but what I would like to reiterate is winning trophies for, for Liverpool Football Club is great but that is not what I'm going to remember Jürgen Klopp for it's the human being that is Jürgen Klopp because to be manager of Liverpool Football Club it's different than being manager of any other team in the world we want to be represented we want you to be one of us uh, and it felt like that he had the same morals had the same values as the city as myself and he represented us he stood up for the working class he stood up for the minorities um, and it's most definitely the human being Jürgen Klopp more than the manager Jürgen Klopp that I will miss because without his infectious personality like that is what I bought into not the fact that he could make a, a squad unbelievable it's, it's thing is it's that it's everything that's, and that's why it's the impossible job I mean, I so I I was I walked onto the cop and I went in the corner, bottom corner. I don't normally do that, and then I just so I could get a bit close to the pitch and what I, and what have you. And I walked up, and as I was, I was filming something, this guy tapped me on the shoulder and started saying, "Hi, how you doing?" You know, who? And he was like, "Who do you think's going to be next?" And I was like, "Oh, mate!" Like, I, I'm and he, and he he said, "Why why isn't Rafa being considered? Rafa's available?" And I was like, "Like, I think that ship sailed." And then he, he said, "Well, who?" And I went, "I was Abby." And he went. Oh well, no. He, he, he said he doesn't. He's, I've heard that he doesn't want it because it's too soon. Well, then, then who? And I was like, lads, that's well deeper <laughs> yeah. than I've had time to consider this year. Like, you know what I mean? If it, you know, if, if I had a, if I was a hat person, it was a hat and you know, sunnies, get me head down, not interact with the world, kind of, kind of match for me at the weekend. But it, it got me. I've been thinking about this, and it's why it's so hard to think about. Of if Jurgen Klopp had had all been the man that he was, but he played either a shit brand of football or he just wasn't a very good manager, we wouldn't be anywhere near as arsed about him. And we've had managers who've played really good brands of football and whatever we got behind, but haven't necessarily had the the, the the charisma and the personality to go above and beyond. He was just everything and that's what makes that conversation so hard because I'm yeah. looking around, I'm trying to feel how I feel. It's a bit like trying to test whether something's going to burn you by putting your hand towards it and I'm kind of like I'm, I'm, I'm mentally sort of saying the names and I'm imagining them and I'm imagining them you know me trying to talk about them be Liverpool manager and how does that imaginary situation make me feel and every one of them that I see linked has got something that makes me go and wince because I, I, I mean Chris like ultimately we, you know we did a big show on this at the weekend but how uh, how, how do you how do you replace the man who had... You can't everything. replace him, can you? Because he was the perfect fit for 
us. He was the perfect fit for Liverpool and he's the best manager in the world. He just happens to be that. So whatever, whoever we get isn't going to be as perfect a fit for Liverpool and they're not going to be as good a manager as Jürgen Klopp. And that goes back to their their point about, you know, you can still win trophies and stuff, but it can also still be the end of an era. You know, now you need the opportunity to prove that you can be a perfect fit for Liverpool. Jürgen day one did a very good job of convincing us that he was, but he showed us over the course of nine years that he was the perfect fit. You can't give someone... What imagine what nine years of them does, yes. and that's the thing that will unfortunately hold back whoever we think about in the role next because you've got to go there and do it, and you've got to be a part of it. And you know, it was everything like you know, it was a big I sort of think back. Obviously, we've been doing this since 2010 now, but I think one of the biggest things for Jürgen was those first videos with your mate Jamie. You know, and seeing, you know, how happy Jamie was, but also how happy Klopp was to be in the room and be with fans and all that type of stuff. Jürgen's taking it from the pitch and the sideline to almost putting his arms around everybody and understanding what it is to be a Liverpool fan more than any manager maybe has done since the Premier League walls were essentially put up. On that as well, what it is to be Liverpool as a team as well, to be fair, we were lost. Like we, we, we didn't have a way of playing. We used to always scroll back twenty years and go, We used to play like this. And it's like we what were we for many years, even with winning trophies. We didn't have an identity as we have now. And I think it's a question of whether we actually we don't need another club, if you know what I mean by that. That job's been done. Like we know what we are, we know who we are, how we should play, the commitments required, we know what players if they step out of the line, we don't have that. We, there's a there's a there's a code of conduct, there's a way of playing. I think we just need someone who can take it, if you know what I mean. I'm not gonna get into the names yet because I know you're gonna touch on it in a minute, but there, there's gonna be comparisons to Shankly and Paisley. Now, Paisley was nothing like Shankly. Nothing like him at all. Nowhere near the big massive character when you walk in the room. Nowhere near as harsh, aggressive, anything like that. He didn't take the mick out of you, anything like that. He just allowed them boys to carry on doing what they're doing and be the best team in the world. So there's there's that and there's a blueprint for that really. And I think it's up to the club to find out who can who can harness it. We don't need somebody to come in and wipe the slate clean and go, right, here's what we do now. We need someone to come in and go, what you've been doing is great, fantastic. I want to change this, 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 I'm going to bring this man in, I want to go win everything. Mm. That sounds simple. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Someone, yeah, who's like, bit, someone who's a bit better than finals would be. Is, is the, well, it sounds stupid, but because it, it's one of those things. Klopp even joked about it in his press conference of like, like he hasn't, he, he haven't, haven't won loads of finals. He's been to loads, but it sounds stupid. But I was, I was trying to think about what, what, what what someone could come in and be and make us a bit... Because there was a period where we were just unbeatable in finals. You just couldn't... You couldn't win a final against them. But we beat you in a penalty shoot that we do whatever yeah, it yeah. takes. And then we went through a period and it was, it was Kiev was ultimately the culmination of going... Ball as well. We need, yeah, we need to stop finding new ways to lose at the final for the final hurdle or whatever but yeah the, the, yeah I mean I'm, I'm, it's a very small just be just be absolutely just elite <laughs> <laughs> yeah. just win a quadruple yeah um, which is going to be dead hard if he does that this year but it's not just Klopp is it? it is it is the whole you know the backroom staff and I think that's probably the right decision and interesting to hear Klopp when he did his press conference before Norwich talk about pet liners and all that type of stuff going on and having a you know a career and a go for themselves it's kind of already says that the, the decision has been made not to even approach Petlanders or maybe there was a, something said to him where it's like, we're not going to consider you for the job or whatever. 
whole other whole other news story, of course. But like that 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 sort of the director of football, how the data management comes into it. It's not just the personality, is it? It's someone who's going to fit seamlessly into this thing that actually doesn't really exist without Jurgen Klopp. Mm-hmm. And I think that's probably the biggest and hardest thing for Liverpool it's to get. It's how over. integrated he is because I remember doing some work with Pro Evo years ago, and we were behind. We did a, we did a press conference for it in the Anfield press conference room, but we got like a bit of a tour while we were going into it. And I think they still. They've been doing it on the tour since, but the tour guy was basically saying, and Jurgen Klopp is effectively the leader of Liverpool Football Club. And it was a, it was a mad little thing, but it was basically the official line of saying, this is the guy, everything points towards Jurgen Klopp. Now, where Man United got it wrong was it, he just had too much. There was too much control all ran through one fella. So when you unplugged him, you didn't, you don't realize, we always joke about it. Like when you take someone out of a business, you don't realize how much of that job they've internalized that goes beyond the job spec. And that's where things can, can fall down. Whereas the hope is that, and it's, you know, it sounds stupid because I, Jürgen Klopp means so much to so many different people. But does this is this can Liverpool actually run with its head cut off for a bit? You know, does it need Jurgen Klopp to be to be there, or do all these systems function independently? And he's just the guy who puts a, a sprinkle of magic on top. That's what I guess we're gonna we're gonna find out in it. Because if it's not, then it's gonna be a more deeper rooted problem, I guess. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Um, just on the press conference, should we did we watch this leaving press conference or everyone see it? Because I watched it on me, I, it, I I watched it on the phone on my phone as I was picking my daughter up from school. Everyone, people people tapped me on the shoulder and I was like, <laughs> listen to him. any takeaways from it? Um, anything that made you feel better or worse or anything, Kyle? Uh, no, just the fact that he said that there was he was obviously hit with that say Alex Ferguson said he was leaving but then didn't any way any, anything uh, that can happen that can make you feel that and his outright answer was a no so there was any hope that I had left just instantly disintegrated at first he was a little bit like did he? 
as if like yeah. maybe I'm normal for thinking this then <laughs> yeah. you know I mean? like, no no I'm not gonna I was like oh the dream's yeah. over <laughs> yeah that was the moment where I was like okay so there's, there's, I couldn't possibly sing my heart out enough for you to change your mind I, I need to know I've not I've not spent more than a fleeting few moments in the company of Billy Hogan, so I don't really know what he's like as a as a person. Or, but he it was his supremely confident smile throughout a lot of it that got me like I don't know. It's weird because you can read quotes and then you can watch things, and and then also you can then be in the room. I always found that with certain managers, I always felt like I always felt better being in the room with Brendan Rodgers than I did watching him on video and then even more so reading his sort of quotes. So if I if I was to read Billy what Billy Hogan said, I wouldn't get this from him. But the fact you know when he's just talking about the process of like going about the recruitment and it, he just and it, I just want to know whether he's a smiler or not is what I'm saying. It, or whether he's just a dead or whether it's super smart or or is it just a because I I read it as like he had this almost like bubbling of like I I'm quite excited about this, or do I, I, I know something that he can't tell us yet or whatever, and this could just be me totally plugging the gaps and the lack of information, but I did feel better for him, for him being there and him actually talking quite sensibly about the whole thing. I don't know about anyone else. I thought he, I thought he was really good. I do think, that, I, I don't know, and this might be just me, I do think there was a disconnect in what he was saying about Landers and the coaching team and what Jürgen Klopp then said. Because he answered the question first and said, sort of, I think knew that Jürgen wanted to say something and said, Jürgen will be able to say something about this as well. I think Klopp maybe would have liked Landers to have been given maybe the job or something like that. And I just got that little sort of weird thing where I was like, these two aren't on the same page on this one issue. Mm. And I felt they were on the same page for everything else. But that again, that just might be me. I always thought that would be the case. I always like even whether it was Pep got the job or Pep stayed as number two and a manager came in. I always thought we might resolve back to the boot room thing where a manager leaves, somebody else comes in, and we keep everything the same. And I'm I'm like that with with, with Billy there. I don't know whether he was smiling as if like don't worry about jobs or don't we got our man, like we're not flapping here, or whether it's like pure PR. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm, I've got to betray either, this. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. like. Whether it's just that's what he's got to do. I've spent a little tiny bit of time with Billy Hogan, he, and he's he's clued up. I'm not just talking clued up on a court, but I'm talking clued up on a on a, on sort of dodgy fire stick level. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> so like he's he's on it. Do you know what I mean? And he'll know exactly what we're all thinking, and he'll know exactly what all the supporters groups are thinking, and all this type of thing. So yeah, I'm, I I thought that whether that because. The fact that Peplin has not got told or well, the announced that they're going as well makes me lean towards Liverpool have got the man. Yeah. So Klopp told them in November, the don't say nothing about it. Go and find the man. The man's now said, Yeah, I'm coming. I want the full backroom team with me. So they've had to now relieve the other people of the positions. But but then when we get into the candidates, is there anybody you can make a decision on now? Yeah, I know that. And that's really, that is really interesting. That, we'll pick up with that because I've just got one last point I want to raise from the press conference because I think that's that's a really fascinating take. I quietly loved how he just bodied Jose Enrique. Yeah. <laughs> just because he put the tweet up basically saying it'll be F- it's to do with FSG and spending and transfers. And he, and like to, but to literally name drop a former player, his former player as well, to camera and shut down. And then, because it's... Cause, it's the fact he looked at the lens. Yeah, well. yeah, yeah. Just want to make he it must, perfectly clear. wind them up, you know. Yeah. Because we do this, and look, and I'm not going to get lost in this because, you know, it's, it's the usual suspects and we end up at the, you know, in the firing line from people who are staunch, who've made 
the, uh, not wanting Fenway Sports Group to own Liverpool, their personality. But like the amount of times Jurgen Klopp has gone to it and it's forever backed up by, yeah, but it, there's bosses and all that. And look, it's still the case. And I guess, we, you know, maybe there'll be a great expose in a year's time or two years' time. But I thought Jurgen Klopp handled it really well, saying it's not perfect because no relationship's perfect. We've had disagreements on stuff that happens. But, you know, and, and I thought it goes back to his point. He said, like, we got 97 points. That, like buying more players wouldn't have got you wouldn't have got you over the line there because you don't get more than ninety seven points in the league. I mean, the City get ninety eight, so it's possible, but it's not. At the same time, we got to three Champions League finals. More players wouldn't necessarily have been the thing because you were in that game. You just had to win that game of football, and then you 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 did it. They were the they were the differences, and then just as basically as unequivocally as possible, kind of say, "I'll oh, just shut up about all this because I'm not leaving because of transfers." Because I've seen the course comments everywhere saying that oh, well, oh, transfers and all this kind of thing. <sighs> yeah. Conspiracy theorists will find things to suit their own narratives or whatever. I, I, we, I will, I will take what Jürgen says on face value for now until until reason. I've got reason to doubt what he said, and again until the big the big book of his life comes out and he goes, "Oh no, that John Henry was a was a gobshite and I he robbed all these players off me or whatever." Like Rafa did, like Rafa, all Rafa's books and all Rafa ever talks about. Till then, no, it was a. I thought it was a nice way to undercut a lot of like the the bullshit fucking narratives that were spinning out out of it. Right. Okay. What happens now? We've got a ton of super chats and then we'll pick up on this. Um, Liam Bento uh, says, uh, it's more than just replacing Jürgen as a manager, but also as a personality. Worst thing that can happen is um, we end up with an incompetent manager, but a boring manager is a close second for me. Yeah. Here's one from Regan. Um, why isn't Pep being considered? And what about Carlo? Now, I presume he means Guardiola oh. here. Um, <laughs> I'm not no, I was like, does he mean Linda's old guy? Well, yeah, and again, look for for the sake of being a bit, a bit. I don't think there's any Wales where Pep Guardiola walks out of Man City, no. but. If you were going I mean, to FSG wouldn't want him in charge. They'd have to spend a lot <laughs> more fucking money, wouldn't they? Yeah. But uh, you know what? But he'd love to manage us. I yeah. genuinely he think he'd love yeah, to manage Liverpool. I think he would enjoy managing Liverpool for one season more than he's enjoyed his entire time at Manchester City. I agree. Fact. Said. Fact. Yeah, totally. But, uh, you know, because you could go and win a fucking League Cup and have a parade and have more people to... Uh, you could just hold a parade with no trophies and more people would turn up. More people greet our coach before a match than yeah. turn up to see City winning, winning trebles in, in, in the city. So, yeah, have a go, Pep, why not? Um, what about Carlo, Carlo though? I'd, I'd take Carlo just to piss the Everton fans off. Yeah, at this point, absolutely love it. Like have him with his big red Christmas you know tree. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know what we should do? We should sing Carlo Magnifico uh, and just rob their song as well, like yeah. they robbed off us anyway. Yeah, it's another cursed song, so no. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, okay, cool. Uh, Hamza says. Um, it seemed to me Klopp felt the same as everyone yesterday. Yeah, he definitely seemed to be taken a little bit by the emotion. He tried his best to be like, oh, no, the decision's made, so it's all good. And then he walked out and you can see him go, oh, God, yeah. oh, God. Um, okay, 
uh, Ajabri, uh, three guarantees in life, life ends, tax and conservatives. Heads up, Reds. Uh, let's get behind the lads and clop and cheer them on uh, to a quad. Uh, Josh Owen says, uh, Darwin, uh, oh, we were talking about Darwin before. I forgot to do this one. Darwin, first player in top five leagues, have 10 plus goals and assists, and he doesn't take penalties. Are people judging him unfairly? Yes. And one of those goals was a penalty, just so you know, um, but that's fine. Um, Paul B. Uh, is still gutted, uh, but buzzing at the idea of Zabby and MK has just sent in a super chat. Thank you so much. Um, okay, so Chris Pager, mm. the coaching staff are leaving. It's not outside the realms of possibility, but just picking up from this thing of do you think there's something boxed to answer Keo's question first and foremost? If that's the case, who the frig was the back in November that would would have been high up on this list? Would Zabby have been on high up on the list? And if that's I think the Zabby might have been close to the top of the list. I think it's November. more now, isn't it? So like he's told the club in November, and they've been like, "There's no, we haven't got a clue." But now, after three or okay. four months, they've sort of got the man, and that's why the announcements come now. Or is it just because? Jaeger wanted to give the staff some time. I do think there's something in the fact that... Well, he wanted. He said himself, didn't he? He'd have preferred to just end the season and then say that he was leaving. Because so, the thing about Jaeger is he doesn't like the distraction. Mm. It's like his whole thing with the song. It already. It's why he did the press conference for as long as he did, to sort of end it. They're all the questions. That's the end of that conversation. Though. Yeah. Sorry, anyway, Chris. So I... I I, I do. I don't think Liverpool have started the search because I don't think they'd have been able to keep it a secret if they've started yeah. the search, unless it was just one guy they were going to. That's the only way I think. But as soon as you start getting agents and players and everything else involved, I do think it becomes very hard to keep your arms around it all. Um, so I'll I'll probably take them at the word right now, and hope that they've already done it. Yeah. It's interesting, Athletic did a video three months ago on who should be Liverpool's next manager, which I thought was very wonderfully timed when you consider the, uh, the, the how well the dates line up. Um, Clem? I think Joe mentioned this earlier, right? Yeah. And he said what what he thinks is the documentary that's coming out, maybe that was the first little piece that you know the journalists got a hold of and Liverpool wanted to instantly stop any any more come, rumbling coming out uh, and just came out and said to Jürgen, right, we're going to have to announce this because that documentary seems like it is because Jürgen Klopp is leaving, you know, the last couple of months are going to be documented and potentially who comes into the club. So when Joe said that earlier, that actually made sense to me that maybe this was a piece of information that the journalist didn't realise exactly what it was for, but I'd got a hold of the fact that there was a documentary coming and Liverpool thought, right, it's just better us just coming out and saying exactly what's going to happen here. Uh, so that, once again, the distraction later on in the season, um, you know, it isn't too big. But yeah, I, I don't know. Look... When it comes to the next manager, Klopp's irreplaceable. Uh, so you're going to have to, for me, find someone who fits Liverpool and the person who fits Liverpool is Xabi Alonso. Do I think he's experienced enough? No. But you're going to have to give someone a go. And a, a, a manager isn't going to come in here and only get six months, only get a year. They're going to get two years at least, I think, to try and at least build something. And if you do that, you need the right characteristics and the right personality. And I think Xabi Alonso would be there. Uh, Regan replied back, as you said, it's Pesach, Pep Line, there's not City's Pep. Oh. So that's the thing that's wild for me because... Paul Tompkins written some great stuff on this over the weekend. I'd highly recommend checking out the Tompkins Times if you ever want to feel better about Liverpool when they're in a in a mire because he's he's, a, he's the the best of the best when it comes to Liverpool writers. But the Pep stuff for me, 
I think there's a there's like a rebound elements whenever you get a, a, another manager after a big heroic you know legendary manager and sometimes it's like we all, we've all been in the rebound relationships where normally what it is is you try to jump in at the stage that you left your previous relationship and then you burn through it really quickly and that relationship never lasts never lasts quite as long and there was something I think too you keep Pep you try and convince Pep Landers to stay another season or two or, you know, and if it works then you've got your next manager but moreover that you're not you're not potentially setting fire to a load of stuff because it might just be too big a job for anyone to take on straight off the back of Klopp. Like if Liverpool walk out of this season with four trophies, heaven help who follows that. Because like Liverpool managers themselves have struggled to live up to the, the what they've done. Like Rafa Benitez, stock was never higher than 2005. He was always managing in his own shadow. You know, God knows how many managers followed. You know, Brendan Rodgers having to follow Kenny Souness having to follow Kenny in, in, in 1990 and, and so on. Everyone who's followed, you know, people who follow Ferguson, people who followed Wenger. It feels like, that's why I'm hoping that they've got a better idea because if they're just beginning the process like now, that feels mad to me because you could have, yeah, you could have just done it, moved heaven and earth, kept Pep in place, maybe put a new assistant in alongside them and give yourself that breathing room to go and get, to continue to look for someone else. I don't know what do you think. I don't know. I, I I don't think the club fancy him to be honest with you. I think that's the only reason that they're letting him go. Uh, that's the only one that can make sense to me. I think you know it's very different being a first team coach. I'm sure to the focal point of everything that this club is about. And I think they might see him as a first team coach right now. And you know he's one shot at you know managing. He didn't do particularly well. It wasn't a massive job, was it? It was a you know relatively small job by comparison to Liverpool Football Club. He's obviously more experienced and a better coach now, but he is all you know. Although, although he's a massive influence on the way that we play, he is still part of a coaching team. Yeah, it's not. He's not just the guy. He doesn't do the video analysis or anything else. So you you know you might be a big part of it, but you're not the whole. And. I, I just I just don't think they fancy him because of that until he's gone out and proved it. So I think they're going to look to find somebody who's proved that he can do it in the past. You know, there's a few names. I think, you know, the Zerbi's one of them that they'll I think they'll be looking at or certainly would have been earlier on. Six months ago, he might have been top of the list. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Xabi Alonso is someone you're going to want to have a chat to. Um, Spalletti, who won the league with Napoli and then stepped down. Um, I think he's now the Italian manager, would be one of those names who can... You know, he ended a massive drought for Napoli. You know, it was early 90s, wasn't it, that they won the league and then they come back and win the league and, and he steps down. I think Nagelsmann will still probably interest him. Well, he's the German manager now, isn't he? So there, there doesn't seem to be any prime candidates where you go, oh, that's that's clearly the guy for me. So it, it's all about connections for Liverpool and, and what they know that we don't. That's the thing to me, Keogh. It's why it puts Abby Alonso ahead of everyone else. Because there are, for me, no out, outstanding, no-brainer decisions out there. So when Brendan Rodgers looks like his time's coming to an end, Carlo Ancelotti and Jürgen Klopp are, are, are gettable. You know, to the point where you know they're the ones, the two guys who are for the job. Whereas when Kenny leaves, you know, Bobby Martinez is going for coffee with you know an ice cream with with John Henry on the streets in Boston. You know, it's it's Brendan Rodgers. And it's the talk of like Van Gaal as director of football and yeah, and uh, Brendan and Bobby and you're like they were they were seen as it. 
Klopp and Carlo Ancelotti are seen as it. And it's, it doesn't feel like there's someone, there's no one I, I'm desperate to steal. There's no one who see, feels ready. And Alonso's, but Alonso's Liverpool connection is the thing that makes me feel the most relaxed about it. That, and he looks like the coolest human being that's ever walked planet Earth. And I, it's downed after on it, but that I, it's, it's a stupid thing, but it actually matters to some extent as well. I don't know how you feel about the, the Zabby stuff. I wake up and I'm on Team Jabby by the afternoon. I'm thinking, what's he ever won? And then by the tea time, I'm back on Jabby. <laughs> so it's a tough one, but I need to be careful here because sentiment doesn't win your trophies. So the Liverpool connection is great, but Gerard had a first, great first 12, 18 months in his, in his managerial career, and now you wouldn't touch him with a barge pole. Yeah. So it can change very, very quickly. I'm not saying he's the same manager because he's not. I don't think he's even plays this the same way as Gerard and we've always known Jabby's got a football playing a massive one. So there's that. But the reason why Pep Linders can't get the job is because the team don't fancy him. Uh, so the club don't fancy him and you know his short managerial career didn't go well. So what are we looking at? We're looking at someone who's done something. We're looking for someone who's won something. And that's when you start getting problems then because Deserbi, Alonso, these names we're mentioning, they're not somebody who can come in like right now when you talk about the Ancelotti and the Klopp being available, we knew what we needed. Right, right, right now we need an Ancelotti more than we need a Klopp, if you know what I mean. We yes. need someone who's going to come in and he knows the score with the European Cup and knows the score with the league. And if that's for three years or five years, I want proven trophy winners, but there's not one out there. So I don't know. It's also whether the club are looking for, for that, whether they think, right, we can't see the next 10-year manager. I'd rather get somebody in for two or three years and see whether Javi does do that or see whether he does do that. Emery, mm. like, I think he got treated really harshly by Arsenal. I'm not saying I won him, by the way, before anyone goes mad, but he got treated really harshly by Arsenal. He's done great things at Villa. He's won trophies. So, yeah, I don't know, but I'm probably, if you put a gun to my head now, I'd probably say Xabi Alonso. And um, the reasons why, <laughs> because he looks cool no, and, no, and he was mustered in midfield, you know no, what I mean? No, but that's it. But, you, but this is the thing you, you're stepping into the biggest shoes that there's, there's been in a generation in Liverpool hot seats. You need, you're going to need some degree of armour. You're going to need some degree of separation, something that allows you to get through a, a tough period. And that's my thing about all these because I look at when other managers have joined other clubs because, like, Ten Hag won stuff before joining Manchester United. Mm. You know, Jose Mourinho's gone in gone in God knows how many clubs. You know, he's got that like, you know, the Man United were hoping they were going to do that with Jose Mourinho. They were just going to plug a gap. They were, you know, he's a guy who's a winner. He's not going to, you know, he's, he's not going to be there for five years, 10 years and rebuild the whole thing, but we can get a bit of juice out of him in, in the short term. You know, it's the Gerard thing is obviously, yeah, it's mad. I was all in. It just, we all were, weren't we? You know what I mean? It's not that long. the title at Rangers, yeah. it was like, well, he's done, he's, he's done fantastic. If you go into another club now and do well, we'll have him, but it's... It's not where I like but that, but yeah, you know, and again, like the, look, the Pochettino thing at Chelsea, he'll, he'll eventually, t- if he's given time, he'll eventually get good out of Chelsea because I think he's a really good manager. But their fans were on his back after two months because ultimately they need, they there's something they need and it's not even the personality, it's they need to know that their guy knows how to win. Because if they can't get wins, they can't get silverware, then they'll fuck, they'll fuck him off because that's what they're used to. We're in such a weird a weird sort of position with this and Zobby, Zabby's connection with the fans and the fact that he looks like such a dude will help him whereas it's just I look at the Zerbi and he might be a better tactical fit and all that but there's just something about him that goes if we have a bad month will our fans have him is my 
Mike and yeah. Sam or something. I think there was one more name that I would probably look at prior to knowing that the coaching staff were going because I think Zizou Zidane would have been the one to slot in and just be the guy with everything else the same. That mm-hmm. sort of poster boy, you know, best midfielder in the world at his time, Bar Gerard, of course. Um, and just the fact that he was so good and has won three European Cups and everything, it felt like he's a guy who can just, everything else does, everyone else does the hard work. I just come and add the magic dust. But without a coaching staff, I'd be like, Zidane, really? Oh, I'm not sure I fancy well, that anymore, which is man. Just speak man. English. Does he want to speak English? <laughs> has like, no interest in speaking English. You know what I mean? That's like, it's, I don't think he, I think if he would have been interested in an England, a job in England, Man United would have got him in that sense. I think Man United would have threw everything at him. Um, he's won three European Cups. I say he's one of the best well, players ever. Well, I asked this question on Twitter. Like, is he a good manager? Does anyone no one know? Knows. No one exactly. knows. No, it's Matt, which is, and again, I just want to clarify as I did on Twitter. I know what he's won. I've looked at it and I've, I've and I've refamiliarised myself with his with his playing honours and his managerial honours. And I was in the stadium when he won one of those three European Cups as well. So I've I've, I've lived it. But I honestly have no idea whether and Gerard's the same. But except actually, it's been a bit proven now because Gerard did that thing of he's tried to do it legitimately. Companies doing that as well, where if you go if you pick the wrong club. It can, and you've not got the right people around you. It can absolutely fucking Zidane's managed to protect on the bounce. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Look, I know he did, but then he he got off when it got a bit tough, and then he came back and won another league title, I think, and then got and got off again. But is he? But that's what I mean. Is he a good? Yeah. I've never. I've, I couldn't point to him dragging anything up and uh, you know grabbing a club on his shoulders and making it work. I mean, we're seeing Xavi just walking out of Barcelona. We'll do that on the bias footy pod, but because he's it's too much pressure for him, and he he was seen as being this. Yeah, going to be the next great sort of manager as well. It's wild, absolutely, absolutely wild. And that was the thing about Klopp. He, he just, yeah, he had the experience of winning. When Rafa came in from Valencia, you could go, there's a guy who's just toppled Barcelona and Real Madrid for La Liga titles, and he's won a European trophy along the way. We're having him because we know what we, he's got that proven track record. Everyone who's got a proven track record or proven track record in inverted commas doesn't look like they'd necessarily play the right footy or be the right personality fit and everyone who's got the right personality fit hasn't got the track record so what would you rather clock track record <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah trophies for me at the minute I think the point is the the, the Shankly to Paisley thing I think we we made comparisons a few times and I said it before. Then we they weren't the same people at all. But um, that's a bit different because Bob was promoted internally. But the type of person that Bob was, he wasn't. He wasn't a, a Klopp. He wasn't a Shankly. Um, so, yeah, someone who's just definitely going to win cups for me. But that's not there. So I just don't know. See. <laughs> I spoke earlier about personality, didn't I? But that is such a good point because I sit here at the end of Jurgen Klopp's time at Liverpool and think, how the hell did he not win more? Like, how on it? And it's because of Manchester City majority because they picked up all the trophies, which we probably should have picked up in that time. And I don't think Jurgen Klopp is, is like, I feel like he should have won more. And it kills me that he didn't, well, he might still do it, but that Premier League title, he never actually got to celebrate with us. Mm-hmm. Like, we won it, but he was in a hotel somewhere in lockdown. Like, we couldn't fully go and celebrate that. Um, so, it, that that is quite important to, to just... Because 
this feels like a team yeah because this feels like a team which once again it's not long since I said that's the greatest Liverpool side I'll probably ever see and they were at the top of football and yet I look at the excitement in this football team and think to myself oh my god what we're creating here can be unbelievable and yet without Jürgen Klopp I just need someone who's going to make me feel like this team gets the trophies it deserves it gets because I don't know how you do that without Jürgen Klopp because he is, in my eyes, the best manager. Yeah. Yeah, it's mad, isn't it? really is. Like, you know, go on. Oh, <laughs> go on. Epiphany or? Sort of. Eureka moment. Basically, do you go to... Give Jabby a few months, and even if he runs it close, that's a man who can compete for the title, isn't it? If he falls off next week and starts losing games and they, like, they end up with a battle for fourth, then, then you've got to be like... Right, we need the killer. We need someone who's guaranteed trophies, don't care whether it's in the Greek league or what. Do you know what I mean? Which one I want a winner. But as Alonso genuinely takes Leverkusen from relegation fight to title fight in 18 months, that's a by by not spending the money by playing. Yeah. Then I'm in. Yeah. And that's and that's that's the big thing for Zabi is that and the more I've looked into him. My immediate thing, because the Gerard thing looms large in everyone's brain, doesn't it? But the thing is, just to clarify this, just because it turned out Gerard wasn't a great manager, doesn't mean that will happen to to Zabi Alonso. And the fact is, yes, he's not. It, it's like how do you compare stuff? Does winning the title I mean, and win the title in Scotland? You know, we broke broke Celtic stranglehold, so it actually was an achievement in and of itself. They had a good run in the Europa League as well, but would that almost finish in second in the Bundesliga? Would that would without that spending hold, big dough? Yeah, would, where does where does that rank? It's, it's almost impossible to weigh this across. This like the Ange Postecoglou stuff of there's a guy who knows how to win, but he doesn't know how to win stuff that we would all go, oh god, look, yeah. he hasn't won the Champions League and he hasn't won one of the top European leagues, but he's, he's a winner and he's got the personality. It's a yeah, that's the Lonzo thing. The more I see what he's done in in how he's done it, it feels like that's something that you could translate to another to another football club. Um, it's also important to state that he's also still in the Europa League. That Liverpool could face that by, by a Leverkusen side. Um, and if he can title charge whilst also being in a European competition, well, that's even more, you know, it's, it's, it's more... It's something you can hang your hat on more because doing it when you've only got one game a week is absolutely sound. But if you're coming into Liverpool and at the moment in time, we are top of the table. So if we manage to stay there or there about, let's hope we are top. But if we've got European football next season, you're going to have to juggle a title charge with European football. So the fact that he's doing that right now is also good. Our, per- our personal expectations are going to be a huge part of yeah. this. Because look at the end of Arsene Wenger, and not in fairness, there's two Wengers, isn't there? There's the, the pre-stadium Wenger when he was competitive, and then there was the post one where he, he he made them a top four side regularly. The when they finally stopped putting them in the top four, they hadn't gotten worse. The league had just gotten a bit better that season, so his average points total was about the same as what it would have been to get you in top four in most seasons. But to the eyes, it was really finished outside top four, and that's him. That's him done for most people. And it's whether we are what will our fan base except when we don't win the title next season or the season after that. And yet we're still probably going to be up against Pep Guardiola in those times. And that's the weird thing is that you're protected by Klopp, aren't you? 
in some regards. But Liverpool could still Liverpool could go and get two ninety point seasons back to back and not win the not win the league title. Are we are we going to be cool? Are we going to be able to keep our heads and you know maintain that, or is there going to be that outside pressure of it's got to be trophies, it's got to be a win, it's got to be it's got to be all this? I've been saying all year, even if we don't win the league this year, I guarantee you'll win it next year. Now that has just changed massively now yeah. because it could be completely different next year. Mm-hmm. We might be after City, yeah, have the same conversation, we'll be prepared and be like, look, it doesn't matter that we're not winning every week. It's not about that right now. And that's going to be really, really weird because the bar has been 97 points, European Cup finals. And it, not every manager, in, well, hardly any manager can come in and deliver that straight away. Do you know what yeah. I mean? No one ever does that. So it's, it's a tough one, really. But just Jabby can forget about proving himself in the Europa League, though, Chloe, please. Absolutely battered us in the UEFA Cup with that Valencia side. Mm-hmm. And it was like, ooh, okay. But um, yeah, no, it's, it, it's, 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 it's the impossible job. And that's why, again, watching that press conference and seeing that Billy Hogan looked at least pretty laid back about the whole thing instead of being you know like like it's been dropped a bombshell and he's just white as a sheet and he's not looks like he's not slept for a week and he's oh yeah okay right yeah well the process you know like Everton sacked people and they go well, now the process we've sacked the manager now the process is going to begin and you know that that's true after you know the that, press conference <laughs> yeah, and now I'm going to go look for a manager what do you do we're not going to manage so um, by interested no one fuck <laughs> <laughs> what are we going to do um, anyone want to put any random outside shouts can I throw a weird one in? Go on. Go on. Thiago, player manager. Yep, not happening. Virgil van Dijk, player manager. Can you imagine how many press conferences Thiago would miss? He's guaranteed guaranteed for the press conferences. Definitely. He's not. I am... Yeah, yeah. I saw because Virgil refused to be drawn on his future, which I think is... I guess probably the sensible thing for him to say at this point. But uh, anyone else got any random ones that, that's. Someone put in my comment section, don't worry, Chloe, Xabi Alonso will come and it is his right hand man will be Steven Gerrard. And so I was like, that, I don't yeah. want Steven Gerrard anywhere near my football club at this moment in time. People I don't are forgetting that the, the Gerrard Alonso thing was what. You know how like there's a north south divide in the country, but actually there's one in our city as well. So everyone goes on about, oh, Gerrard and Lampard, where the real question was Gerrard and Alonso, could they play together? We were having our own one of them on a daily basis while the country was going, can Gerrard and Lampard play together? I was like, can't. Right back. <laughs> Steven Gerrard playing fullback in a Champions League final because we own Zabi we own Zabi Alonso he's playing right mid scored fucking 15 20 goals from right come right front, yeah. didn't he basically yeah, yeah, yeah. imagine Gerard and Alonso in the manager in dugouts oh my god oh my god I don't think I don't think I could go through it couldn't go through it again but it is a wild shout anyone got any more wild shouts let me know in the comments um, a couple more Chad we'll do, we'll do a quick five on the uh, Chelsea game um Regan asks, can you ever see Klopp returning uh, to the managerial hot seat? No. I saw someone saying, like, could he go back to Dortmund? And I, I thought the only... I could see him going back to Mainz in about 10 years for, like, a season, for, like, a laugh. You know what I mean? Like, just for... To round it off. Yeah, yeah, just to come out come out of retirement. You know, if they needed his help or something like that. But I can't, I could, can't see that he'd want to go back to Dortmund because why would you? And it's the big question. I, I, I have with Klopp of, like... Where do you go next? Because you're not going to go to like a struggler, are you? You know, you, you, if, if you're stressed the, with having all the responsibility, the, the national the team's club. the one that makes sense for them, isn't it? The mm. Germany job because it's not as huge a commitment as running a, a you know a Liverpool. More or, time off. Yeah, exactly. Press a nicer. You don't have to sign anyone. Mm. 
you can just pick from well, the lads yeah. that you're allowed to play with. You know, that's it, yeah. isn't it? Like, as long you know as you don't scratch your bum and smell your fingers. He did pretty well, <laughs> by all accounts. Um, it just seems like it's a, a lot less stressful, and I actually feel like someone like him with his personality will be able to get the best of the players in a short space of time because you can't be a tactical, like, absolute frigging nerd with international because you just don't have the time to coach. But what you can do is you can G him up and you can send them off into battle. We said that you know that anyone of the time, didn't we? Well, like, they run through a brick wall for Klopp, anyone would. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, would you be happy if you took the England job? I think the only thing that could ever get me interested in England is if Jürgen Klopp took the England job. Only if he took the England job and stopped, like, oh, playing Trent at right back would be hilarious if he did that, but mainly just stop calling up Liverpool players. <laughs> yeah, just good. so we get advantage. Yeah. Um, I can see him managing in a year's time. Who? I, I can, and I think if it's a club, it would be someone who is comfortably, comfortably financially and, and probably spends. I'm not getting the FSG brigade revved up here, but there is an element of this has been hard. And it is really, really hard, and I've missed out on titles because because you know sometimes it's been really, really tough to re- have to rebuild this, this, and this. So when he mentioned not another club in England that that yep. didn't say Germany or England, mm-hmm. I think there's a possibility that he goes maybe to a Bayern Munich one day. Mm-hmm. But I think what you think, I think at the national job, you have a yep. year out, let 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 the national team do it do its work, and then get called up six months off. Every year. <laughs> How far away, sorry, is the new new camp or the new camp new from being finished? Because I did, because I don't Not think he'll take, because this is the funny thing, isn't it? Because Avi's obviously leaving at the end of the season and then all of a sudden it's like, you've seen Klopp's actually being linked with that job and he's been, he's, he's cut short a sabbatical before to take an interesting club opportunity, you know, us. But I do wonder, like... They've got less money than us. Oh, I know, I know, but, but, it's, but it's still... Yeah, it's still boss. Anyway, we'll, I tell you what, we'll do that on the next show. Um, the same problem then, hasn't he, basically? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, Jose Cabronero says, uh, I want to throw out the name of Inzaghi. Yes, uh, Inzaghi. It's a bankrupt team. He's done miracles. There you go. Uh, and He's got them playing well as well, Inter, to be fair to him, Manny. Cool. Yeah. Mm. Um, and Regan, once again, says, is Shanks to Paisley similar to Klopp to Landers? Uh, only in so much as... Like Shankly was the big, you know, stand on steps and do big speeches, rouse people with those kind of like his, his big words and his big ideas, like that run through brick walls. And Pep isn't that, you know, but like by all accounts, like Bob Pace just hated talking and hated talking to people and, you know, and I'm prepared to just like, you know, just let people get on with their own good own stuff. So yeah, not really. Um, but then again, there's never a street. None of this stuff ever lines up. We all, we're all desperate to see, to divine the future by looking at the past. That, that would mirror the old boot room. It yeah, would mirror yeah, that. Yeah. But in terms of who they are and whether they can do it, I just think it's... it's, it's yeah, yeah, I agree on that. Okay, then, um, life and football goes on. We've got Chelsea midweek, Chris. Um, as we kind of referenced in part one, We've got players back and all of a sudden there's actually some really interesting decisions to be made around this team. The forwards are all in good form. Um, we've got a bunch of midfielders we can choose from all of a sudden. Fingers crossed Alexis McAllister, he was rested for the weekend, that he'll be he'll be available to come because he's one of the few, I think, nailed on, particularly in the midfield. Um, we've got choices of fullback. We've got choices all over the pitch all of a sudden. Big decisions to be made. Yeah, it's easy to make wrong decisions when you've got, when you haven't got your hands tied down, isn't it? It yeah. actually becomes harder in some yeah. ways for Jürgen because now he's got a, you know, the team's been playing so well. He, it now, 
you know, he's fortunate, isn't he? I suppose ultimately the, his substitutions have been helping us out for weeks anyway, and he's always got those lads to bring on. But you know, it would be great. To, it'd be. I think. I think he should go with Joe Gomez again at left back. You know, I don't think after a hundred plus days out for Andy Robertson, um, he'll be in anywhere near the 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 form to be able to to start this game. And I think Joe Gomez has been absolutely superb. On the other side, though, we'll be looking to try and get Temp back in, even though Bradley's been exceptional. Um, McAllister obviously comes straight back in for me. Um, and yeah, we just hopefully just go and destroy Chelsea, to be honest with you. Keogh, any interesting things you do with this 11? Agree, agree with Chris there. Play Joe Gomez. I don't think you want to put Andy Robbo in, in the deep end there. Um, I put Trent back in the side. McAllister, I, depending on what he's looking like and training, what, what his numbers are like, supposedly, mm-hmm. in the midfield. Um but you're not on, and then maybe grabbing Birch there as well. Or I think you very rarely will see a Jones or an Elliot not in there. Um, the way things have gone over the past few weeks, so yeah, maybe that. But then on up front, as long as Diogo is playing, I'm fine, mate. Hmm. I mean, that's the that's the interesting one, though, isn't it, Chloe? Because obviously, still no, still no Salah, as we know. We'll talk about Egypt going out on on the bias footy pub, but it's who gets picked on the right-hand side now because Joss has done a great job through the middle. He's sco- he's basically scores from every position is my kind of point I'm driving at with this and it's what you want to do with Darwin, I think, as much as as much as much anything else. Uh, yeah, I mean, if, if you're asking me right now, Darwin off the left, Joss up the middle and um, Diaz on the right. Why? Because I enjoyed that against Arsenal. Uh, yeah. Obviously, in the uh, Carabao Cup it was uh, I've enjoyed it since we've we've switched it in game at times uh, I think it was Bournemouth and also the other day um, at times you know they were all interchanging with each other the front three there was times where Darwin Nunes was popping up on the right wing at times he was then switching to the left wing uh, and Diogo Jota just get him the closest to the goal uh, where he scores his, his goal from um, yesterday it's, it's just a, a lethal finish it's clinical uh, he's just chased on it on a really poor header by the defender but he's anticipated that's going to happen um, and he's the player I want in and around that area who the chances are going to fall to so yeah that would be my front three mm-hmm. it's for me I, I just think Darwin's I think he's flourishing as the main man for us at the moment and then it comes down to I, I, I'd go Diaz off the left Darwin through the middle and Jota off the right again yeah that feels reasonably alright by me Curtis in midfield if Sabaz lies there and ready to go, fine, put him back uh, in. Yeah. Like the corner as well for Van Dyke was superb. There was another there was another couple afterwards as well where you think, wow, these mm-hmm. corners are absolutely exceptional. Yeah. Um so that that's a big part of it, isn't it? Of course. Um I'd go with you, I'd go with you in terms of the front three. And it goes back to that press conference a week or so ago now, where Klopp just said, Yeah, I decided to just put them in the one A positions and Diaz and Nunes in the one A positions as as worked. And Jota being two-footed, being able to just float whatever he wants. Yeah. I think he's just got that bit more freedom. He's not tied to the right in the same way that Salah is, is he? So he just sort of goes across and does whatever. Mm. So I, I like that front three, to be honest uh, with you. Diaz is just, I think he's he's got a big performance in him. He's, he's been getting there and getting there. He obviously started to score a couple of goals again, started to have those performances where he's just terrorising people when he gets on the ball. I'd like him to go and do that in a big game now. He's a big team. Just go and give them an absolute nightmare of a night uh, and see what comes of it. And then go yeah. back to the other end. Trent, yeah, Trent comes back. Yeah, Gomez deserves that place now for me. Um, Canate, Verge, 
kind of picks itself really doesn't it yep. and then yeah McCall- McCallis is the only other one if if as a were where McCallis is not fit I wouldn't be against just putting Trent in the six and keeping yep. Bradley at right back yeah other than that yeah it's about right so if we all went on the same front three just in different positions you, yeah, I'd say my position I'd yeah. probably put yeah. Diaz on the right yeah. Nunes left yeah. and Jota centre so yeah play them three so same front three yeah, yeah interesting um, poor old Cody um, he'll get his chance if he wouldn't have missed the sitter maybe just maybe yeah. <laughs> I'm not a bit of an arse in that respect like you don't miss from there and then get a, get a start yeah, <laughs> right okay cool yeah if you want to discuss anything that we have done uh, and you're here on YouTube you can use the comment section underneath make sure you drop a like as well and don't forget to use the CLOP code to get a free month of RevmenPlus.com. And one last thing, because while we're here, uh, grab your tickets for either Belfast, Dublin or London to see us partying with Keogh. It's going to be a good laugh regardless of what Liverpool do, because, you know, we'll, we'll bring in Keogh. That's what he does. We'll do the somber footy chat and he'll do the party tunes. It'll be fine. Um, other than that, thank you so much. Come and check out Bias Football Podcast. You wouldn't want it the other way around, by the way. Yeah, somber footy chat with Keo, and then we do the party tunes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not the same ring. Um, anyway, thank you so much. See you all soon. Tara. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.